Tin Cup. We are broadcasting from Greenhouse Booth at, at HR Tech at 7116. If you're here, uh, please come by and say hello. Take a look at all the good, cool things that Greenhouse is doing. Uh, I've got John on today. We're going to talk a little bit about Greenhouse, talk a little bit about interviewing. John, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself? Hi there. I'm John Strauss, co-founder and president of Greenhouse. Thanks for having me on. Uh, absolutely. Glad to have you on because we always have fun conversations. Not all of them are recorded, though. The most fun are never recorded. <laughs> so we'll start with something basic. What do you do at Greenhouse? What's your what's your bit? It's a complicated question because it? it's, all, it's changed, right? <laughs> uh, we founded the company 12 years ago, and I've had many, many different jobs. At this point, I spent a lot of time... Um, I still do product strategy, right. uh, manage big teams in the company, uh, and try to figure out the narratives of what it is we're doing. I always think of you as kind of the innovation, the person that's always kind of looking a little bit far ahead, not not flying car stuff, but yeah. just a little bit far ahead, far ahead, to where you're like, okay, is that something we should do, or is that something someone else should do? Yeah, and that's, I mean, being on this floor here is perfect. I'm just like walking the floor and right. seeing what folks are doing and taking it in, yeah, yeah. and looking and saying, Oh, is that where this is going? And is that is that a good partner for us, or is that a thing that we should be thinking about? Right. And so that's a forever conversation for us. Well, and I, I think that you know that's the make versus buy decision, right? That every company's got to make. But I remember us talking years ago about a partner that y'all had, and I, and I said, this seems like something y'all could build. And you were like, I, we could build it in a weekend, but we choose not to because they do a really good job with customers. And uh, and and why would we build it? We could spend those resources somewhere else, building something else. It's uh. Yeah, sometimes I think that, but now, but I also see that the market is changing. Like there's a pendulum, right? And on one side, for a long time, people said, "I want to build a big tech stack of best in breed software, right. and I want to be able to go around this floor and experiment with all these things." And the fact that Greenhouse is a nice open API and great integration, right. right? And so I can use all these things is a great thing, and they love that. And then in a lot of ways, people still love that. But now the pendulum swung the other way, and they're like, you know, managing a tech stack of 12 different pieces of software is expensive and it's complicated. Yep. And while I appreciate it for some categories, yeah. right? Like, no one expects us to build a background check. They're like really happy that there's like 10 different background check providers you can choose 100%. from. There are categories where they say, you it should could, be you. It should be you. You could do it better. Yeah, or yeah. Even if you just did it at the same as everybody else, but right. it's one less vendor, one yes. less integration. There's some ones. There's some categories where the integration is really complicated. You have to mirror a lot of data right. in two different systems, and nobody wants to do that. And so we're kind of shifting the other way. And so there's a bunch of categories where we're saying nah, we're going to do that. Yeah, and, and rightfully so, because you're you got to follow the customer. Yeah. If the customer is shifting in that direction, yeah. If you don't do it, somebody else will. That's right. Right. That's right. That's so, right. all right. So let's do some interview stuff. Favorite interview question that a candidate has asked you? Um, not necessarily a stumper, yeah. but just something where you're like, you know what? That's a really, really good question. I like that. Thank you so much. Uh, I like uh, who succeeds at like, or what are the characteristics of somebody who succeeds at this company generally. Oh, nice. Right? Because because it shows they're getting into this mindset of yeah. like, I want to succeed. Yeah, and like, is that me? Do I am I going to fit here? And it also it's a interesting way of getting at the corporate culture. Right. Because, you, you know, you ask what's the culture. Oh, it's a great place, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But it's, like wonderful a, it's people. an interesting question that gets you into that, I thought. I like that. Someone said earlier that, you know, this, they answered that question. is like, what's it, what's it like to work, you know, with you? And they were like, yeah. with you, you. Yeah. Not the company, you. You, you. You know, that was, um, 
had a really interesting moment. I was I was having to onboard a new executive we were hiring. Right. And I wanted to write a deck explaining to them their job <laughs> and whatever. And so I had a slide of like, here's how it is to work with me. <laughs> and I showed it to another person on my team. They're like, please delete that. And he, no, and he said, that's totally wrong. I'll tell you exactly what you want, what exactly what you care about. And he, and he wrote the slide for me and I was like, Oh my God, you're right. That is exactly what I want. And I like learned a bunch about myself and what I care about. It was nothing bad. No. But he's no, like, no. here's what you really value. And you should say that up front. And I'm like, that's great. And so I now say that up front. And people are like, oh, that's really helpful. That is so great. Yeah. It's so great because you were open enough to listen to somebody else's feedback and go, yeah, that's actually better. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's me. I care about well, those well, things. You know, that's the good thing about hiring really smart people is then they tell you stuff and you listen to them. Uh, that's the whole idea. There you go. Uh, or should be the, the yeah. idea. So reducing bias, what's your best, because you interact with, what, 9,000 something plus customers, et cetera. What's your bit on when they ask you, hey, we need to, we got a real push for reducing bias in our hiring and interviewing process, et cetera. Yeah. What's some of the things that you tell them? Like, okay, all right, here's some of the things, yeah. table stakes. Here's some of the things you need to do. Yeah, I mean, so the first thing I like to do is like do some myth busting, right? Yep. Is that number one, like uh, training people on unconscious bias is a fine thing. Yes. It won't solve the problem. Nope. That's, it's unconscious. It's still in there. It's <laughs> part of being human is you're going to... That's why it's called right? unconscious. Um, yeah. Accusing people of being like racist or sexist or biased generally doesn't work. They get defensive <laughs> and say, well, I'm not the problem. So they don't start there. Um, <laughs> three, having good intentions isn't enough. Right. Lots of companies have good intentions and you still don't get there. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so where I start with folks is like, uh, it's not about simply wanting to be better. You have to make systemic changes in how you work. And so it says, when you go do an interview and you say, well, we're going to try to decide if this person is good for the role, and you don't actually have a clear picture in your head of what is what is good. Right. So then you're asked, essentially asking random questions. And then <laughs> each candidate that comes in, you ask different questions to. Right, 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 right. And then you don't write down any feedback. And so they say, uh, you know, should we hire this person? And you're like, which one was that again? Yeah, I like that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. She yeah. seems smart. Yeah. Loved. That's where all the bias comes in. And you're right. like, but I, there was no one there. Did it sound like I was biased about someone? It's like, yeah, but that's how it all gets in there. That's, and so that's rather standardizing than people, that process. So rather than telling people, don't be biased. Right. Tell people, let's have a standard, let's have a clear shared idea right. of what success looks like for this role. What skills would you need? What personality traits would you need? What experiences would you need? What questions we're going to ask. let's have an interview process that is explicitly tests for those things. Right. Let's have each candidate evaluate in the same way and let's write it down. Uh, so yeah. when we sit down to decide, should we hire a person A or B, it's not about my personal preference. It's that we said these are the 12 things we're looking for and person A seems to have most of them and person B has some of them, but one has the strengths in one versus the other, and now we're having a database conversation about whether the person can do the job and not my personal preference right. that like, they laughed at my jokes. Well, it's, it's what, I, what I love about that, again, is not just the standardization of it, but it's getting people to understand what, it, what are we really looking for in this candidate? What's, what's yeah. success? Um, so I don't, I don't think you can fully eliminate bias, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I think it's just a game of we're going to discover more biases as we yeah. go along this way. Yeah. And we're going to find new ways yeah. that people are being biased. Okay. Yeah, and then and then I think there's like little interventions you can do, right? Right. We were running we just published a bunch of data around like anonymized take-home tests. So lots right. and lots of companies do take-home tests. Right? 
And we saw like that we have a feature where you could say like anonymize the candidate so the grader doesn't know who it is. Right. Yeah, it makes a difference. Hundred percent. So there's it things shouldn't. like that. It should. It's sad that it does. It's but it makes a difference. Hundred percent. And so I think there's interventions like that that I think you can do as well that actually do work. Um, the, the the other one that I'd say is an, is an obvious thing, especially in Silicon Valley, where it's data focused, right? Is is every said, oh, we should like collect the data, inspect it. Look at the pipelines. Figure out where do you have places that are where there's you know, men are passing at a higher rate than women. Right. And try to figure out what's going on. Is it the things, your questions you're asking? Is it the people asking the questions? What are those things? That seems really rational to me. And I think a lot of people start there and go, well, obviously, let's look at the data and go there. Out of those thousands and thousands of companies, I found shockingly few who have actually done that and have a case study to say. Um, that, that we saw the data, we found a place where there's a problem, we made a change in the process, and now it's better. It's like, it's like the eating your vegetables of DE&I, right? <laughs> it's like everyone knows they should do it, but no one does. I call that recycling. Yeah, it's like everyone knows they should recycle. But it's like it's a lot of work. It takes a long time. Right. And so, like, I wouldn't discourage anybody from doing it. We do it at Greenhouse, and we do have some case studies of it working at Greenhouse. Right. But it's a lot of work. And right. so I'd say... Don't stand behind that and say, well, we have to look at the data and we have to spend six months doing a big study before we can make any changes. No. I'd say, no, you can start making changes right now, right? Yeah, there's there's easy fixes. Even if they're That's small, right. just That's make right. some of the easy fixes, it, cut some of the quarters. And then, and then like, go over to the sourcing side. Like, yeah. We did a big study of, like, what are the demographics of who applies based on source? Right. And guess what? It's not all the same. No. And so if you decide, hey, we're going to buy on these job boards, we're going to go to prospect, or we're going to depend on referrals or internal applicants, you're actually, that choice you're making is you're making a choice in, the, in the demographics of your applicant pool. Yeah. And, and like people are kind of blind to that and don't realize, they're like, oh, wait, you're actually making a choice. So I love that. That is yeah. such a great take. Um, oh, we're supposed to say in interviewing, my bad, sorry. No, no. Re resume gaps. What's your current take on the gaps that might be in LinkedIn or a resume. Is that a thing? Is that something important? Is it something that you even care about anymore? Like what? Resume gaps meaning? Uh, gaps if, in employment. Oh, if somebody was, ah. For me, no, because like I'm personally, I have gaps in my resume, yeah, me right? Too. Me so too. like, I personally don't feel like I have that bias. It seems like there's such a more fluid workforce now where people are, tenure is so much shorter and right. there's so much more moving around. Right. And with COVID, there's such, dislocations in the world, uh, but I, I don't have the data to say yeah, me that the world is more accepting now than it used to be. I, I think the thing that we're seeing now is that, especially for the, for the, for the types of companies we're working with, where you know, a lot of venture-backed startups where the venture funding has gone down and so right. there's a lot less hiring, right. when they post a job, they're getting hundreds of applicants. And they're thousands. Looking, or thousands. And yeah. they're looking for any signal to... to differentiate. Right. And sometimes it's unfair. Sometimes it's just the numbers of like, yeah, you got 500 applicants. You're only going to interview 10. And so I don't know if it's if it's employment gaps or if it's um, anything that people will use to differentiate. And See, it's just, it, it may not be worth, worth like a useful reason to exclude somebody, but like people do. Right? Daniel, you know, when talking to him about it, he said, you know, it's an opportunity, William. It's an opportunity. If someone else looks at that and says, oh, they're unemployable, I want to know more about that. Because that uh, might be a hidden gem. Right. I mean, so we've always thought about a lot of this, um, 
we say diversity hiring is like, what's well, a talent arbitrage opportunity? Right. Because right. there's a whole portion of the workforce that so, other people won't hire. Right. Go. That's your opportunity. You can go hire people that they can't get. It's game theory. Right. They and all so, said no. Yeah. Maybe we should look at them. But, so it supports our premise always that like, you shouldn't do DEI hiring and mitigating bias simply because it's like the moral thing to do. Like, right. Yes. And <laughs> yes. And it's good business. Yeah. You're finding people other folks aren't. 100%. That's awesome. And you're giving people a chance that for yeah. whatever reason, I'm so jaded that I don't trust people that don't have a gap. Right. So <laughs> right. <laughs> just, just the jaded nature that I have. Yeah. They're like, you don't have a gap? Really? Yeah. Like, you didn't have a moment where you reflected on something? <laughs> Seriously? I'm not sure we can get along. This is just, so that's me. Yeah. That's not, I don't advise it. I do yeah. not advise anybody to use my right, particular right, thing. Right. <laughs> so transferable skills, what's your, what's your current take on how your customers and how y'all look at skills and think of, okay, here's what we know they have. What's tertiary, what's transferable, what's trainable? Like how do we get an idea of, okay, they know these skills, the job needs these skills, but you know what? We can get here, we yeah, can get there from yeah. here. Like, what's your current bit there? I don't have a, I don't have a hot take on that. I guess what I tend to see when I talk to folks is that they have more uh, flexibility with internal. Like, they know the person. They've worked for the person. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, they have these transferable skills. That would work. And if that a person had applied with that resume externally, yeah. they'd be like, oh, they're definitely not qualified. And so that's where the aha oh, moment comes. Which is that, like... You're no one has said that. That's interesting. Is that you're willing to look at the person that you know and say, yeah. like, oh, I know they could do it. Yeah, because you um, know them. Because you know them, and you know that that skill that they have, that, like, they haven't officially done that, but they could. And so you, you see that all the time in Greenhouse, that we have people who have moved all over the org. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And built really successful careers, but they've gotten jobs at times they would have never gotten if no. they applied externally. Right, 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 right. But, but because you know them, and you know that you know they can do it. Right. might need some training or teaching or right. maybe a mentor here and there, right. but you, you, they can get there. I, my general theory for me personally is that, like, other than, like, heart surgeon, like, okay, <laughs> that you should have, like, you should go to school and learn the actual thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So these office jobs are, like, can you, like, build relations <laughs> with the people and can you communicate <laughs> and yes. can you listen? Yeah. Like, you can do most of the jobs, right? Pretty much. Um, even engineering now, which I would have said you have to go to school for now. Like we're getting more and more people. It's like, AI. Yeah, like yeah, you know, I can just step like, changing. So yeah, it turns out, yeah, it's too funny. Yeah. So um, ghosting, got two things left. One is ghosting. Yeah. Candidates ghosting, the hiring manager or the interviewer, or the interviewer, hiring manager ghosting the candidate. What's your what's your bid on ghosting? Uh, I mean. Shouldn't do that. <laughs> put your hand, put your hand out real quick. There you yeah, go. Don't okay, do that. Don't, Don't do, do that. that. So <laughs> the thing. I mean, I was just I was just on stage the other day talking to. Um, there's a there's a a group in the Bronx that's like tra- retraining folks to get into tech. Oh, right. Cool. So these are people from. Uh, they're working retail. They're working like right. really different jobs. They're trying to get into tech, and they're like, yeah, these companies keep like ghosting. I'm like, okay, but realize that in that moment, yeah. they're trying to sell you yeah. on working at their company. That's right. So if that's how they treat you, 
when they're trying to sell you? That's the, how do you think they're going to treat you once you're actually there and they're no longer trying to sell that's you? That's as good as it's going to get. Right. It's so never like, going to get that good again. When somebody shows themselves to you, take their word for Believe it. Believe it. Yeah. So what I'd say is like, you know, companies can get away with it at a time when they're getting tons of applicants, right? Yeah. Um, from our perspective, from a greenhouse product perspective, right. I'm like, surely we can set up more automations to ensure that somebody's getting communicated with that you didn't get the well, job. I think you'll have, or you'll have a feature of believe that once you close out a job. So you can like bulk reject folks. Right, right, so we, right. have, we have things where when you move into a new stage, you can automatically send them an email saying, right. hey, you're in the new stage, here's what's going to happen next. Right. So you can set their expectation. So we hope folks do that. Right. Can't force them Can't to. Can't force it, right? Um, and then from a Canada perspective, I have a lot of empathy because like you're, you're being treated right. badly, yeah. systematically. And so if you then goes to at a company and they're like, how dare you? It's like, man, how dare you to be mad at the candidate at this right. point? Like, That's right. right? I mean, I, I tend to judge harder on the hiring manager or recruiter that the, the ghost candidates. I, I, my, that's my, I'm, I'm harsher with them because I'm like, do you really want to Because you're in the power position. You're the one making the decision whether they get the job or be not. Be nice. Right. It's the lessons of Roadhouse. Be nice. Yeah. Just be nice. And until it's time to not be nice. All right, last question is uh, not necessarily a horror story uh, candidate interview, but just something when it just didn't go well for you or for... For me know, as a candidate or, or me as a, as a hiring manager? Both. Either way you want to take it. And I'll give you a couple that I have. Candidate, pretty far in the process, we're at lunch, takes his teeth out. <laughs> then puts them on the table. Okay. No words were said... But everyone kind of freaked out a little bit. Yeah. And then I, I had a uh, project manager that um, was pretty much greenlit for my team. I was really just more, more or less a rubber stamp at this point, right? And uh, I wasn't really paying attention to her. So this is a, a big fail for me. This is a failure for William. And uh, wasn't really looking at her project binder, didn't, wasn't really paying attention. Chair goes out from under her. She stands up to push her you know, project binder over to me. Chair's, chair goes out, she goes down, hits her head on the table, blood flying oh, everywhere. God. It's like a Tarantino movie. Like there's blood everywhere and I froze. Like like literally froze, I didn't know what to do. And so I just, I, I froze and I just got her project binder and I just started going through her project binder. I completely froze, like everything you could do wrong in an interview, I did all of them. I just like checked them uh, off. I didn't listen to her. Not nah, like human empathy there. I, 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 I oh just, my god! I froze, John. I oh mean, my god! It, it's been twenty years. And it still you're wrecks still, me. Right, right, because you still, still that, get to that moment. It still wrecks like, me. How you showed up in that moment for yeah. that for, for not showing yet, yeah, or, yeah, or didn't show, show up. up. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What do you got? Okay, so the thing that flashed for me because I'm thinking about this story. Yeah. Um, I'll get to why. So. My first tech job. Okay. This is a long time ago in San yeah. Francisco, right? I'm like living on the floor of my friend's apartment. 100%. I like need a job, right? And so I go interview at this terrible company. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. And they're they're gonna offer me the job, but they say, So you're gonna start next week. This weekend we want you to watch a movie to get a sense of what it's gonna be like. Oh, I've done this bit. Oh, my God. This Swimming with back. sharks. Yes. Swimming with sharks. Yes. Men behaving badly. Great. Right. Nice. So, so I'm like, uh, okay, I don't watch the movie. And so I come in, and it's just horrendous job, right? And after like two months, I watched the movie, and I'm like, oh, my God. I should have watched the movie. I should have watched the I movie. I should have watched the movie. I wouldn't have showed up on Monday. 
So a couple months later, we end up coming to Las Vegas for Comdex, which was yeah, like the yeah, big yeah, internet, yeah, or the big uh, yeah, computer yeah. show back in the yeah. day. And I experienced my lowest moment of my career uh, here in Las Vegas, which yeah. made me swear off going to trade shows in Las Vegas. 100%. 100%. So basically now. Fear and loathing. Um, yep. Yeah. And then the company went out of business, thank God. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming by and being on the podcast. I thank appreciate you. you. Th thanks for having me. And thanks for everyone listening. Until next time. Wow.